I'd like to let you know about 143 Pixels. It is a show all about video games. Every episode I have a guest on, that guest brings a game, and we talk about it. And if you like this show, you will probably also enjoy 143 Pixels. You can download it wherever you are listening to this show for free. Head on over to anchor.fm slash 143. That's anchor.fm slash 143. On episode 464 of Nintendo Switchcraft, more thoughts on 140. Doom Eternal gets crunchy. More Switch Pro rumors. Those stories and more on this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. This is Craig standing just outside your peripheral. And you're listening to Switchcraft with Bill. Welcome back to Switchcraft. It is brought to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Tune in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This episode of Switchcraft is made possible by patrons like Brandon. Get Switchcraft and my other content ad-free for as little as a dollar by joining the Patreon over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. All right, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Real quick, I want to remind everybody to use the hashtag AskRJS on Twitter. That's A-S-K-R-J-S. I'm going to be uh, doing a, a recording a show on Saturday. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it live or not because I'm helping my brother-in-law move that day. Uh, but uh, on Saturday, we're going to be rec- I'm going to be recording an episode of your feedback and the things that you want me to talk about. So once again, use the hashtag AskRJS on Twitter, and I will use that to figure out exactly what we're going to talk about. All right, let's get started. Let's talk about exactly what we're here to talk about, and that is Nintendo. I spent some time last night playing a game. Uh, I've talked about it on the show before. That game is 140, and 140 is... I have to say an incredible an incredible game. It is so very fun. It's got this ridiculously cool Atari aesthetic, uh, which is a hard word to say. But it is incredibly cool. And if you have not yet checked it out, you absolutely should. I do have a video over on my uh, my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. But it's got this cool... Um, old school Atari aesthetic where you are a square if you're staying still, a ball if you are rolling, and a triangle when you jump. And you have got to basically move across these these platforms and the world changes to the beat of the music. Now, uh, I'm probably, I think, around 75% way of the way through the game. It is not a long game by any stretch of the imagination. However, uh, I did. I I bought. I beat the um, the boss on the third level. There's four levels in the game. I beat the boss on the third level yesterday, and it was absolutely incredible. Uh, so basically, the game sudden. Actually, the the boss on the second level was also really really rad. Um, on let, let's talk about 
you know, I don't I don't want to give away too much, but the boss fights are very different from the rest of the the game itself. And I want to talk about one boss fight in particular um, where it put me in the middle and it gave me a weapon, which it allows me to attack with. And then during that boss fight, I had to learn the beat of the music that was happening and position things in the right place in order for things to happen at the right time to the beat of the music in order to overcome this this battle where the world just kept moving around me and and shifting it was incredibly fun extremely challenging at one point i thought you know what i don't know if i'm good enough to finish this i'm not sure if i can finish this game but then i i overcame and i finished it uh level level 3 anyway uh, it, it, it's just a, a, a wonderful game, and uh, it, it is a an um, independent games festival award-winning uh, game. It's very, very cool, minimalistic style. I, I highly recommend it to anybody that likes that kind of thing. It is currently $5 on the Nintendo Switch eShop. Now, I have more to play in this game. I've got more stuff that I need to do. I've I've got one more set of levels to go, and I don't know when I'll get to that. Hopefully soon, but it's it's a super fun game, and I just wanted everybody to know about it. Uh, one hundred and forty, it's fantastic, and it gets a thumbs up from me. Uh, all right, so now that we've got that done, let's talk about Doom. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I've talked about this subject uh, quite a bit. Um, now, uh, uh, an episode or two ago, I mentioned that the Nintendo Switch version of Doom Eternal is going to be delayed um, because it's not going to come out at the same time as the other games. And I said, you know, that's fine. Don't rush it. Take your time. Get it right. Make a Get a good port. I also said specifically that I was not going to be playing Doom Eternal on the Nintendo Switch because I was going to get it on Stadia instead. Um, I would recommend that if you're going to play a game like Doom, the Switch, like the portability of it, I don't see that as being a factor that is uh, incredibly compelling. And the reason for that is because using the 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 right stick in the portable mode. It's just not comfortable enough. I know that there's people out there that have the Satisfy grip and they really, really like it. I don't have one of those things because I like I like my electronics to be the way that they were made. Um, I don't have a case on my phone. I don't have... That's plugged in. I don't have a case on my iPad. I just have a, uh, like a, a little vinyl sticker on the back of my iPad to keep it from getting scratched. I I don't I have a, a glass screen protector on my Nintendo Switch, but you wouldn't know it by looking at it. I like my, my the stuff that I have to be without extra stuff on it. So the Satisfy Grip never appealed to me. That being said, I haven't tried it. I'm sure that it is way more comfortable way to play, but I don't play in handheld very much. Um, I will say this. If you're looking for, if you are somebody who wants to play a game handheld, 
then playing on the Switch Lite is a much better option. This is so much more comfortable. And honestly, I think that this would be pretty good, the Switch Lite, for most... Uh, for for first person shooters, just because it, it's it's a much more comfortable um, feeling, and I feel like you can easily hit the buttons underneath your right thumb with your thumb on the stick at the same time, which is is something that on the regular Switch, I don't feel like that is as easy to do because they're a little bit further apart. Uh, that being said, if I'm going to get a Switch for me. It's going to be the uh, the regular size switch because I'm a content creator and I need be, to be able to record my footage. So, why am I talking about Doom again? I've already I'm kind of gotten off the beaten path. Why am I talking about Doom? Well, it's because of this quote that was uh, over at uh, Video Games Twenty Four Seven. I don't like this quote, but um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, it says here. We were crunching pretty hard for most of the last year, and that's Marty Stratton, uh, who is the, oh gosh, he is, oh my, I forget, uh, he's the executive producer on the game, um, and this, I don't like this, I don't like it at all when video game companies have to crunch. I understand that... It is something that right now is expected of the video game industry, but I don't think it should be. I think that we as gamers need to let these companies know that we will be patient and we will still buy your game if you take your time and make sure that your employees have a good work-life balance. Now, I want to make sure that I give you all of the quotes that he said um, just for full transparency, because he kind of did allow us or a lot. He did, um, explain the reasoning a little bit. Uh, so we knew that doom, uh, uh, eternal had been delayed. So let's talk about what he said about that delay. Uh, he said, uh, speaking to again, video game 24 seven or VG two, four, seven, uh, I'd say it's the best game we've ever made. I don't think I'd say that if we didn't have that extra time, referring to the fact that they delayed. The game was done. We haven't added anything, but what the delay allowed us to do was fix a ton more bugs. It allowed us to do a lot of polishing, hardening on the back-end systems, and we do testing throughout where we bring in people externally. We did a couple of additional versions of those and made a couple additions to the games, just balance type things and patching up a couple of exploits. That's great. He also said that um, it says, while id studio leadership try to encourage de developers to take the time they need, many choose to work late and some, of, some amount of crunch is necessary. Uh, and then at the end, he says, we are crunching pretty hard uh, during the last year. It goes in phases. So what they did is they have one group of people who are crunching while the next group of people are taking some time off so that they can get rested up and ready to crunch. So basically it's it's cyclic crunching. And then he says, we really do truly try to be very respectful, respectful of people's times and lives. Uh, we have a very dedicated, we, we have very dedicated people that just choose to work a lot in many cases. It was nice, 
because we want the game to be perfect. We want it to live up to our expectations and customer experiences. All right, so this part here where he says people choose to continue to work. Look, I'm sure that from from the outside, it may seem like people are choosing to work, but when you are working for a company, you might feel like you need to put in that extra time because other people are putting in that extra time and you don't want to be the person who is not putting in the extra time. You don't want to be the person that people remember. Oh, remember them? They clocked out the instant that they could every single day. And I'm not saying that that that, that is... Uh, how do I want to say? It? I'm not saying that that's. I'm not saying that the management are keeping track of that or anything. Although maybe they are. I'm. You know, if you're a good manager, you probably are keeping track of when your your people are working. But just because people choose to work late, just because it's not required for people to work late, doesn't mean that it's not encouraged. If that makes sense, doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that it's not understood that, yeah, it's optional, but is it really optional? And I'm not saying that it's not really optional. I don't work at id Software. I have no idea. I'm just talking, not necessarily, this is just a, this conversation about Doom is just an, an opportunity that I'm using for me to talk about the video game industry as a whole, and it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy that crunch is expected. It drives me crazy that anybody thinks that crunch is necessary. We shouldn't have people overworking themselves in such a fashion that it necessitates other people taking time off so that they can come in and crunch afterwards. There's got to be a better way to do that just to make a video game so I can have fun. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. Joel Mead in chat says, when my employees try to do that at 5 p.m., I tell them, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And I think that that is a really good managerial decision. The people who are in charge at video game companies need, need to start telling their people to go home. And the people who work for video game companies need to form a union so that they can have the union fighting for them. And you might be an anti-union person, and if you are, that's fine. You're welcome to your opinion. I'm not interested in it. Feel free to tell me all about it. I'm just going to ignore it, okay? Because we can all have our own opinions, and we can differ on our opinions, and I don't really have to listen to you, and guess what? You don't have to listen to me. But they need to form a union. Like video game developers and people who work in the industry need to form a union that will fight for them to make it so that these companies will take their work-life balance more seriously. That's how I look at it. All right. He also says in here, uh, we work very hard and we'll put it, put, put, I'm sorry. We work very hard and we'll put in extra time to do that. Sometimes when we get the extra time, we do it anyways, because we want it to be that much better. A delay takes a little bit of the steam and pressure out of almost one of those things. Oh, but it's almost one of those things where we'll push it even harder just to get more done as tight as it can possibly be. 
We're not talking about the launch date yet, so I can't specify, but it's not ridiculously far behind. We're working hard on it. Panic Button is working hard on it. We, I don't think people will be disappointed. So that's that's my thoughts on this whole idea of of Doom getting delayed. I think it's great that Doom got delayed. I think that they should continue to delay even more so that the people who are working on it can have a work-life balance. TF Wagner has a wonderful idea of, <laughs> of how to fix it. Just start paying them hourly. If you're paying them hourly, they're going to like people are going to say, oh, okay, well, we're going to have to get you out of here because you're costing us too much money. When you pay them by a salary, that's not, although I have to say as a salary worker, you know, I work a lot more like I work a lot more hours that I shouldn't work um, as a salary worker. But I wouldn't want to be an hourly worker either. Mm. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, I'm sure that there's, there's, yeah, <laughs> Steve H and H in chat says that's a double-edged sword. Timesheets are poo. And I agree 100%. Anyway, that's my opinion on this. <clears throat> take it or leave it if you will. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Square Enix. Our, uh, actually, we're going to talk about some more Switch Pro rumors. And then we'll talk about Square Enix. Stick around. Oh, Pac-Man, I'm beat. Thank goodness for Pac-Man pasta from Chef Boyardee. All right, we are back, and we've got some s'more. Some s'more? I wish we had some s'mores. Uh, we've got some more Switch Pro rumors. Uh, this one comes to us from WCCF Tech, which is a good website, I feel, but has one of the worst website names ever. Uh, this one says that the Nintendo Switch Pro GPU is going to be based on Volta architecture now first off i don't know anything about hardware so volta architecture right over my head and then it says 4k support and a massive performance improvements not expected all right so i'm a little confused about the headline let's let's get into exactly what it says here <clears throat> excuse me this is says uh, it says nintendo is rumored to be working on a new nintendo switch model it seems like they are using nvidia or they're working with NVIDIA for a new SOC, which means system on a chip for the console. And then here's where it says the rumor. It says, according to the rumor circulating online, the new Switch model could be released in the final quarter of the year. That does make a lot of sense to me. I anticipate if there's going to be a Switch Pro that they will release it alongside Breath of the Wild 2 because that will drum up a lot of excitement and will distract people from the Xbox uh, Series X and the PS5. At least that's how I I look at it. Now, um, when it's released in the final quarter of the year, the new model will adopt the new Tegra X1 Plus, but the that's uh, the name of it, Tegra X1 Plus, sorry, uh, not, not plus as an and. Um, but the new custom processors Nintendo is developing... Oh, I'm sorry, not adopt the new the new Tegra X1 Plus, but instead will use a custom processor Nintendo is developing with NVIDIA, and the GPU is based on the Volta architecture. Now, this is what a lot of people, a lot of people out there are saying, all right, Switch Pro, 4K, in, in, on addition to that, also super powerful. 4K is not expected, and honestly, I don't think it's important. As somebody who just upgraded 
this screen in front of me right here to a 4K screen, um, I can attest to the fact that 4K looks gorgeous. But I've also been playing at 1080p for years. And I think what's much more important for, um, for in my opinion, for the Nintendo Switch is frame rate. Being able to have a more stable frame rate, frame rate is way more important than having a higher resolution. And let's be honest, there's a lot of games that get ported to Nintendo Switch and come in at a much lower frame rate. And I don't want to have a lower frame rate. I want to have, well, have an unstable frame rate. I don't want to have an unstable frame rate. I'm fine with 30 frames per second when other platforms get 60 frames per second. That doesn't bother me at all. As long as the frame rate is stable. You know, if you've ever watched uh, Digital Foundry, they have these amazing videos where they, they I don't even know what magic they're doing, but they count the frames per second and they have a little graph at the bottom as you watch some footage of a game that they captured and as you watch that you can see oh look at that it's at 30 frames per second and then something happened and it dips way down and I can give you a perfect example uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening that remake that we got to play um, which is one of my favorite games from last year it's such an amazing game Um, that one had huge frame rate issues Really, really bad frame rate issues. It was still super fun, and I I loved it. But there was a lot of times where you'd go, and then it would like the frame rate would just drop down to the bottom, and it would it would be it would kind of take you out of it. It would be surprising. Uh, it would like that stuttering would would hit you, and you'd just be like, "Oh my god, that's real bad." And that's what I would like to see from a Switch Pro is to have less of that. Have it have it be able to render more frames per second. That would be amazing to me. Now, what do I think, and we've we've had this conversation many times, what do I think would be the best thing for a Switch Pro? In my opinion, like, what would I change? I would change to have uh, the original Switch right here in my hand, okay? Has one of the biggest bezels that I have ever seen. It, like, look at the bezels on this thing. Is this from 1984? Is it a 1984 laptop? Those bezels are huge. So what I would like to see is the screen itself expanded uh, to be slightly bigger. Here, let me let me turn that on so people can see it. All right. Oh, that's loud. That's very loud. Oh, my God. See, I was playing 140. All right. So uh, get rid of these bezels. You make that screen bigger. Increase it to 1080p. Or maybe 900p would probably be good. Uh, increase it to 900p with less bezel. And um, I don't know, maybe have a glass screen instead of a plastic screen. Although I'm fine with the plastic screen because I got this this glass screen protector that I mentioned earlier for 10 bucks for two of them. So when I bought it, I got one for me and one for my son. It was perfect. Um, I would like to see that. That is the biggest change that I would like to see in the Switch Pro, in my opinion, is just making this this uh, the screen bigger and um, uh, you know a little little bit higher resolution. And honestly, I'll be I don't think the the resolution isn't even all that important. Uh, there we go. Hey, I'll even say it. The resolution doesn't matter if you've listened to 143 pixels, which you ha- you should. Uh, if you've listened to that show, then you know why I said that. But I think getting rid of that bezel would be really really amazing. Also, perhaps longer battery life. 
which would be really tough if you're making the screen bigger and increasing the pixel density. That is a tall order to ask. How do you do that? You do that with a better system on a chip, a system on a chip that is way more efficient and can do more at lower clock speeds. So then you're not running through quite so much battery. And if, if we're also asking for a bunch of stuff that, uh, that we can, that, that we'll never get, then I'd also like it to be a little bit lighter. I don't think that'll ever happen because batteries are just really, really heavy, but I would like it to be a little bit lighter because playing on my wife's switch light, this thing is so light. Like it's the name is right. It's so light. It's so comfortable. And Honestly, if I were not a content creator, I would really, really like to have one of these instead. I think that this is a much more elegant solution and much more more comfortable to play on. iCase81 in chat says the cooler might be uh, all aluminum if the CPU is cooler. The cooler might be able to be all aluminum. Oh, I understand what you're saying. Instead of whatever that they use now for the cooler, have it be all aluminum. That makes sense. Instead of having copper heat pipes and copper is heavy. Aluminum is very, very light. Copper is very, very heavy. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Kimbalina 66 says, I would like to be able to adjust the font size. Kimbalina 66, I think that that should be a system wide. That should not be uh, uh, limited to the Switch Pro. That should be on every single Nintendo Switch. The Switch Lite, the Switch, the Switch Pro, the Switch not no screen, uh, whatever it is. Anyway, um, that's just some more Nintendo Switch uh, Pro uh, rumors. They're rumors. Take them with a grain of salt, a giant grain of salt, you know? Because they're probably not true. We'll we'll find out eventually. All right, we've got three quick stories that I want to get to before we get out of here. We're going to try because we're already at 25 minutes. Square Enix announced this new game. Uh, It says, uh, February 7th, you'll be able to play the gorgeous first-person puzzler called Touring Test on the Nintendo Switch. Actually, I think that this is already out on other platforms. I could be wrong, Uh, but it looks really cool, and you're going to be able to play it on the Nintendo Switch on February 7th. Very reminiscent of uh, Portal. Uh, Anytime you've got a a first-person puzzler, that's the first thing that anybody's going to reach for. They're going to say, oh, like Portal. Uh, and you know, for good reason, portal is one of the greatest games ever made. And, uh, did it invent the genre? I don't know. Maybe it did. Uh, maybe portal invented the genre of the first person puzzler. Speaking of first person puzzlers, there's a, there's a wonderful game. Oh my gosh. I, you know, maybe somebody in chat can, uh, can remind us of what the name of this game is. Oh, I remember. It's called Chroma Gun. It's already on the Nintendo Switch. Now, I don't know how much it is off the top of my head. Let me actually go to Nintendo's website, and uh, we'll look and see how much Chroma Gun is, because Chroma Gun is an amazing uh, first-person puzzler where you've got this cool gun that shoots three different colors, and you can mix and match the colors in order to um, change the color of the walls, and then there's these little drones that are attracted to the color that they are and you use them to hit switches and stuff. It's incredibly fun, very, very short. It's got great voice acting in it and it is $20. Now, if we look at Touring Test, I wonder if it's already on the eShop, Touring Test, the Touring Test. Here we go. How much is that? That's from Square Enix. I'm going to guess, oh, look at that, same price. 
Uh, so that, that comes out on February 7th. So, hey, if you can't wait for your first-person puzzle action, uh, go pick up Chroma Gun right now, play through that, finish it, and if you're looking for more puzzling action, then maybe the Turing Test is something that is going to be appealing to you. Uh, speaking of games that are appealing to people that are not me, um, this is... Look, Harvest Moon has never been anything that I've ever been interested in. I know that it is incredibly popular, and people adore that the, that series. And the current Harvest Moon games are not actually the same as the old Harvest Moon games, uh, and that has to do with like a, a you know companies buying each other and selling each other or whatever. Uh, but Harvest Moon uh, has become Rune Factory after a while, if I remember correctly. Uh, but it's got like, um, you know, it's it's Harvest Moon, Rune Factory 4, and, uh, well, it, it's Rune Factory 4, it's not Harvest Moon, but uh, it's reminiscent of Harvest Moon. It looks like there's a lot more combat in it. I might be remembering this wrong. I thought that Rune Factory 4 was the Harvest Moon like the the legacy of Harvest Moon. Um, I could be wrong about that. I actually don't know now that I talk. Oh, okay, here we go. I was looking through the footage and I was like, that doesn't that doesn't look like uh, like Harvest Moon. But here here you can see uh, people planting uh, planting their crops and uh, raising those crops. Anyway, uh, that game has a brand new trailer that you can check out. Uh, check out the show notes over at runjumpstomp.com to find out more about that. And speaking of Harvest Moon, the game inspired by Harvest Moon, uh, Stardew Valley, created by one guy, has finally uh, sold over 10 million copies. Uh, it was made by Concerned Ape. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a really good game. Uh, it didn't hold my attention because I suffer from analysis paralysis when I play that game. I've got so many different decisions that I can make that I end up saying, I, I, I give up. I can't decide what I have to do. But they've sold over 10 million copies of this game. Um, it, it's just amazing that one guy made a game that 10 million people uh, have decided is awesome. And by any account... Everybody says that this game is really, really good. And for me, I can I can attest it's a really good game that just does not appeal to me because I, I can't decide what I want to do because there's just so many options for what I can do. Um, there's this book by Jason Schreier called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. It's a fantastic book. You should definitely read it. He's got a chapter in that book about Stardew Valley and the, the trials and tribulations that uh, Concerned Ape went through in order to make the game. And um, uh, the, the person's actual name is not Concerned Ape, obviously. It's Eric Barone. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to let people know and congratulate Eric Barone for uh, 10 million copies being sold. I think that that's uh, fantastic. Uh, so I just wanted to let people know about that. All right. Become a part of the community over at the runjumpstomp.com community discord by joining us at runjumpstomp.com slash discord. You can watch the show live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. You can get a hold of me through Twitter at runjumpstomp. Remember, use that hashtag uh, askrjs, A-S-K-R-J-S. I will answer your questions 
on the show on Saturday. Ask RJS. Use that hashtag. It really does help. Uh, this show is also part of the Giant Size Team Up Network. If you want more information about that, make sure that you head on over to gstu.net. Those guys are fantastic. I had a really good conversation with my buddy Charles McFall. He's the head of the network. We we talked a bunch yesterday. Might be going to Dragon Con again this year, and uh, it all depends on my schedule and if I can work it out. But uh, if I do, I will be able to be on on panels and stuff. Um, if you are looking to support the show, we could always use more support. Head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. And if you want to check out my other shows, uh, I, I, I highly recommend uh, that you check out uh, a show that I've been working really, really hard on, and that's 143 pixels. Uh, the uh, the the motto for that show is that the resolution doesn't matter. No matter what game you're playing, no matter what system you're on, no matter uh, when that game came out, the resolution doesn't matter as long as you're having fun. That's the idea behind 143 pixels, and I hope that you will check that out. Again, you can find that over at runjumpstomp.com slash shows and their music you're hearing right now is Cornaria Star Fox Remix by Noteblock. Thank you very much for hanging out with me. You could have been anywhere, but you were here. Bye-bye. <laughs>